This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets, where right now summer favorites are there. I'm talking about the Oregon Star Seedless Tomatoes. If you're making those Caprice salads, it's the perfect match. Uh, local stone fruit, we're talking peaches, nectarines, cherries, and of course, Zupan's Fresh Stretch Mozzarella. Am Did I saying ever? that right? Mozzarella. There you go. It depends on where you're coming from. Certainly. Uh, pair that up with t- the tomatoes we were just talking about, or the peaches, or balsamic. Oh, so good. And also, um, Eleanor, our dear friend over at uh, Zupans, mentioned to me their colossal scallops. They're dry-packed and flown in fresh. They're the biggest in town. So if you like scallops, you want to get over to Zupans um, and plan your summer dinner around those. Um, and their seafood mm-hmm. and their meat departments are fantastic. If you've never been to Zupans, you have to go. You're missing out because you're, you're talking about food. They also have a great floral design center, and now they've paired up their floral design with wine classes taking place at the Burnside location. Uh, the last Saturday of July and August from 7 to 9, you can get full details on that online at zoopans.com. Right, and then down in Lake Oswego, they now have former Nel Centro and Pazzo chef John Eisenhart, the Zupan chef, and there's one last dinner available August 18th, it's a Hawaiian-style pig roast, so he's running the show there now, and, you know, they all sold out pretty quickly this year mm-hmm. with him at the helm, and so I suggest you get on that as you're going to zupans.com and checking out that news feed to get uh, those emails that give you some good deals every week. Yep. Uh, check out that dinner as well. Three locations, McAdam, Burnside, and Lake Grove, and as you mentioned, always, zupans.com. All right, here we go. It's time for Right at the Fork, Portland's food scene podcast with Chris Angeles from Portland Food Adventures. Court. Court Johnson over there. Yeah. As the last time I said family man and I'll also say <laughs> kink.fm. Anything else you want to mention about your life? Um, I, I'm a bearded redhead. There you go. Ginger. There you go. That's the more uh, um, popular term these days, right. the ginger. And you have a nice selection of shirts. You have a Lardo shirt. I have a Lardo shirt. Yesterday, I was well... I need to go... I need to... My Kim Jong Grillin t-shirt. Yeah. I love it, and every time I wear it, people stop me in the street to look at it, and they're like, where did you get this? I have. You got to go get your own. I need to go get a new one, because I wear it. You wore it out? I'm wearing it out. I like that shirt. It's nice and soft. Oh, it's... it's a good one. You know, people can get nice shirts or not so nice shirts. Yeah, this Lardo shirt's nice and soft, too. Yeah, good. They, they good choice. Some good stuff. Good choice. You're looking great. Thank you. It. Too bad it's a podcast. Yeah, I know. People can't see me. Yeah. So we have we have one of our classic episodes. Yeah, and we're not going back too far. We're actually just going back to October of 2017 for this one. So not as far back as we typically go, but there's a couple of things going on that I thought would be important for us to revisit this episode. Right. And so people know the reason we do these classics, bring them back, is because our list, our audience has grown quite a bit and yeah. so we just assume a lot of our listens are back in our archives so if someone was has not had not been listening back in 2014 or 15 we're assuming that 90% of the people listening right now have not heard it yeah. before. This and even puts if it, they have, it doesn't hurt to hear it again. Exactly. This just puts it back at the top of the heap. Right, exactly. And, and then I mean heap in the best way possible. Exactly. So, yeah. And it's, you know, couldn't be a nicer guy to put back at the top of the heap, the, the heap, yeah. the heat, 
uh, than Patrick McKee. Yeah. Now of Perlow, then of South Fork. Yeah, he had, uh, it was South Fork. South Fork. South Fork. <laughs> uh, that's, that's my Utah accent coming through right there. Uh, South Fork uh, was fairly new when we had him on, right? It wasn't. Uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty new. Yeah. Um, and it was a new venture for him at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had a lot of new things going on when we spoke to him. Yeah. Uh, family, another child. Another child. Uh, wife, who I don't think they were married yet. Um, I think they were um, heading right, that way. Cynthia. Yes. Who's a, Cynthia Vigil, who's mm-hmm. a, um, a fantastic uh, chef who Mexican food, mm-hmm. um, comes from that culture. And um, so since then... Uh, South Fork recently changed its name to Perlow. Yeah. And and Patrick had been talking about being sober. Yeah, on, he, the on the podcast he was talking about he he went in pretty deep into that struggle what it was like and uh just days ago from when we're recording this intro he uh, was talking about being well over the 1 year mark right. on Facebook and and I I've always and I've seen him do this a few times on Facebook and I just have such admiration for him to be so open about something that for a lot of people, they try to closet themselves away from, from those types of things. And I think that's part of his process, learning process is realizing if I put this out there, you're going to find those people that are going to reach out to you. And if you read through the thread on Facebook, just so many great people in Portland reaching out to him and encouraging him. And it's just, he's one it's of great those guys see. that for, as far as I can tell, everybody likes, Patrick. Oh yeah. uh, you know, he's a good yeah. guy, has a great pedigree you know with vitali paley mm-hmm. was the guy at paley's for a while yep. and uh also with benny bettinger and now doing his own thing at perlow so it's great to revisit that conversation now. Mm-hmm. right at the fork it's proud to be supported by zupan's markets For over 40 years, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and more, with a delicious emphasis on locally sourced items. The best of the Northwest Bounty can be found at your closest Zupans, on West Burnside, McAdam, or Lake Grove, and at Zupans.com. Eat well, put taste first, love your food. Ringside Hospitality Group. Owned by the Peterson family for nearly 75 years, Ringside Steakhouse has long been a landmark of the Portland landscape. And Ringside Fish House, in the heart of downtown, boasts the freshest seafood and an exceptional wine list. Both serve the world-famous onion rings that James Beard claimed to be the best he's ever had. Visit ringsidesteakhouse.com and ringsidefishhouse.com and make a reservation today. Join Right at the Fork host Chris Angelus for once-in-a-lifetime trips this fall to eat and sip your way through Sicily, Mexico City, and PFA's famous trip with Italo chef Jose Chesa to Barcelona. See the exciting itineraries at portlandfoodadventures.com and find Chris's contact information there too. If you love food and travel, these trips are for you. And make sure to check in on local PFA events. And by San Pellegrino. Iconic, fresh, sparkling water with extraordinary Italian heritage is a refreshing way to enhance any dining experience. Ask for San Pellegrino by name next time you're having a great meal. Ever since its founding in 1899, San Pellegrino has been a premium brand synonymous with style. What are you using your hair? You know, it used to be Vitalis. <laughs> <laughs> I, got a, I got a good girl who cuts my hair now. 
Yeah, but she doesn't cut. It doesn't. She does every morning. She doesn't make it look no. that good. So she, how do I get taught, that full head of hair? She like taught me. Have? She taught me how to do it. So. Oh, can she teach me how to have that he- <laughs> that head of hair? You're gonna need to. I think that's a lost cause, and I'm there with you. <laughs> oh, you're not there with me, I'm no, buddy. I'm I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah, I'm you, getting there. You're, but you're not there. No, with I, me. I, I woke up this morning and I'm like, I need to find me a beard guy because I've been growing this beard regularly for probably almost a decade. They do beard trimming and stuff. See, there. I, I need somebody to kind of t- groom it for me and then teach me what I need to do. Because I just not that people tuned into the podcast to hear this, but. And I'm not criticizing you. I was about to say what I do is I just shave it all off like every couple of weeks and then mm-hmm. it starts. I see. I, I used to do that, but then I decided to go with the thicker, like a, I don't like a more the thicker, man. thicker I can't one. Deal with it. You, I've never seen you with a beard. I, uh, what did I do? I had a, uh, my fiance, Cynthia, hated it, but I had a uh, healthy mustache up until, uh, you have a picture of me actually for the new PFA. With that, when it was first coming, oh yeah, and then I went down like a little like little Magnum PI action going on, more like oh, the, yeah. the whole handlebar thing. It just got wow. too itchy, and I'm I was not like, changing you know, it, man. I I, I, I wanted to I wanted to uh, to keep it, but when you get asked every day to please, for the love of God, shave it off. <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> the love the woman you well, love. Well, so actually, who loves, funny story. Who actually is still loving you be, despite the mustache. despite yeah, waking up in the morning and being like, <laughs> oh God, it's still there, you know. <laughs> But uh, speaking of my hair, my uh, <laughs> my good friend Kathleen, who cuts my hair over at uh, the Bridgetown Barber Society, I oh. went in to get my hair cut, and she was like, "What are you, what are you doing with this?" And one of the women <laughs> who works directly behind her, who I see because I go in like every three weeks, mm-hmm. was like, "Okay, uh, are you buying a motorcycle? No. Okay. Uh, are you growing a ponytail? No. Okay." She was like, "All right, then get rid of it." Oh, but so, it, it would go with the ponytail. She said, "If if you could just do the like the cop stash, that yeah. might work." But the full thing, she said for you, no, it's not. No, I'm surprised I, she didn't ask you if you were going to become a cop. <laughs> that would have been my yeah. third question. I don't think they'll let me. Right. I think I think a, a goatee would have looked okay. The whole I've done uh, the goatee thing. Yeah. So I don't it's know. It's a good I, thing. I'm back and forth all over the place. The thing is, every time I shave it to it or do a different thing, I feel like I look younger. But I got a new thing. Right. When I go all the way and I and I'm just pr- shaven, clean shaven, yeah. I look in the mirror and I like see my father. So then I immediately want to mm. grow this back. And not that you know my father was a good looking yeah. guy, but I just don't feel like looking like my fa- feeling like my father. Yeah, I don't know. It's I hate shaving every day. I yeah, really well, that's but the other like, nice thing. I have about dark hair and my beard comes in very quickly. So it's like the either trim it or let it. I let it go and then I trimmed it yesterday before I went into work but still you know and it's just there's hair everywhere and you know Cynthia's yelling at me about getting hair all over the sink and you all know. right so we've we've done it's, the head let's move down the body let's keep doing hair <laughs> this is body this is body hair talk <laughs> on right before everybody's tuning in for this yeah. no but I think it's important it's very important for people to so, know your grooming habits that's there what you go we're trying to get deep into <laughs> the stories of first, our first on community. my list I'm gonna tick that up <laughs> you know uh, Kathleen got me into my hair is insanely straight. Okay, and very hard. A lot of to, people would like very that. hard to manage. I'm so jealous of that head. The head of hair. You I have a hair. lot of hair. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going bald. Yeah. But so, she uh, she gave me some hair wax to use. Oh, then, that's what you're using. Uh-huh. And then right. when you blow dry it, you use the hair wax, and then it's not so oh, much. And you're just, blow drying no, too. No, not now. I mean, not today. But <laughs> when, you know, when I went to my little sister's wedding, like I, I, you know, you, you know, you get all dressed up and. Yeah, you know, and then she's got like the product after 
you blow dry your hair as well. So I've got like right. two things, you know, it's like, and I have to cement it down because it's, it will fly everywhere. Good. So did you have long hair as a kid? I did actually for how, a while. How, what was the longest it was? Uh, down to my nipples. Down to your nipples? Yeah, I've got So you pictures. had it going right down the front. Oh yeah. And, and then uh, that turned into a mohawk of sorts. I was, this was uh, Washington DC, 1988, 1989. Okay. Not a long time ago. You know. Um, I mean, relatively speaking to the planet. You know, sure. And then, uh, you know, um, I'm not afraid to admit during the 80s, I had the, the mullet for a little bit, but it was, in, really? it was in fashion back then. Do you still, do you have any pictures? You're going to post it on Facebook? No, I do. I'm sure my sister has some somewhere. And what music were you listening to when you had the mullet? Well, honestly, uh, at, I think around that time, I, uh, I just actually posted a thing on my Facebook, a little girl who found out about the dead Kennedys. Oh, so I remember the Dead Kennedys. You know, I went from you know, I went from uh, Bon Jovi to the to the Dead Kennedys, and kind of went back and forth and listened. My parents always listened to quite a bit of music. What were they into? Oh, they're into the old school. uh, You know, uh, Nat King Cole. uh, A lot of my grandfather was really into old school jazz. Mm -hmm. Miles Davis, a lot of vinyl. Um, You know, the typical Italian American stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of Frank Sinatra and, uh, you know, stuff like that, you know, it went, went with my mom cooking. I've got very fond memories of listening to this stuff while my mom was making dinner. And what was she making? Uh, if we were lucky, like lasagna, but that was, you know, it, it's not easy to make and my mom's like the purest. So like when I talked to her, like, Oh, I'm making marinara today. She's like, are you cooking it for 18 hours? Oh, you're not. Oh, you're making quick manner, you know. And it's like, oh, well, I no, you know. So is she Italian? Yeah, obviously. Well, not obviously. So. Her name is McKee. So, uh, but that doesn't necessarily indicate your mother. Dad family. Irish. Yeah, dad's yeah. Irish. Mom Italian. Uh, wow, that's what my kids have. They have. And uh, I feel like it's like the East Coast mutt. I feel like a lot of people are like Irish and Italian. Yeah, I don't know. And and the food there is is not necessarily Irish, but there's so much more Italian. No, but we grew up. We grew up like there was, it was strictly not well, not strictly, but there was a lot of Italian. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but like I was saying, you know, if we were lucky, like my mom's lasagna is like the best. When she comes out to visit, she'll make it and freeze it and put it in her suitcase. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> yeah, for real. But it's like I can't, I can't replicate it, and I can't get it here. I don't know what she does. For, so, well, for a long time, she wouldn't even give me the recipe for a marinara. Why? You're uh, a chef. Do well, you think she, she'd want to showcase well, a great, you know, you know she, Paley's place? Right. Well, funny story. So she came to Paley's when I first started working there and met Vito. And this was, I think, after Ben had left. I had stepped in as a sous chef. They came back to visit, and they'd been in a couple times, and had gotten to know Vito and Kim. And then she emailed, or no, she old school mailed Vito, like one of those old school recipe cards mm. with the marinara sauce. And he like came into the office one day and was like, dude, your mom sent me the recipe. And I was like, dude, I, I don't even have it. Yeah. So you no, know, but her, her well, thing was Vito, like, Vito, get, Vito gets the recipe, you know, but, uh, she was like, you know, you're just going to change it. You're going to see something that you don't want to do and you're going to do something different. What about Vito? Did he ever make it? I don't know. I say this, I say, if he can find it, are your mom still, she finally gave it to me. Years okay, later. So, so I say, yeah, I, you could do it yourself, obviously, but I think it'd be cool to do it at the Crown. Pull it out and do <laughs> the lasagna at, at the Crown now, because uh, Vinny's doing some pretty cool. Yeah, I was in there finally thing. the other day. It was good. Did you have the, the clam? 
Hi. They didn't have it. We no. were there. Uh, Cynthia and I were tooling around downtown with Oliver on Monday and stopped in. It's okay. good, man. It's really good. Yeah, it's, you know, it's solid. Good, it's really good. good. Crust. And they took. We just did our uh, little pre-union lunch for our trips to Europe. And we had all our people there, and they, oh, they nice. did a really nice spread. As I knew they would, that's why I went. Yeah, I mean, I feel there. like we got. I got the meat lovers, or just the meat pie. I forget what they call it, but it was really. It's super tasty. The pepperoni's really good. That's what Cynthia had. Cool. You know, good crust. You know, it's it's stuff for me that you can't find out here. So it's nice to. I've I heard the podcast with you and scotty and yeah. it was you know I, I was just on court i've been listening to a lot of the podcasts lately while we're prepping at work and it was really cool you know listening to tommy's you scotty, know by the way scotty rivera if anybody's yes. looking tommy habits just listening to them to the- yeah listen these guys talk about pizza you know and it's like stuff that you have on the east coast you just don't get it out here you know like but Italian the, the pizza game has really stepped up in the last few years oh yeah it's not like you're, there's a dearth of well great pizza you still can't get what I, uh, what I love there, but I still, you know, it's fine. I love that you're a huge proponent for the clam pie. I just talked to um, Joshua last night, you know, and they're open. He's opening a new pizza place behind Avery Jeans. I assume that wasn't a secret. So, <laughs> but yeah, I asked, I'm out of the loop, man. I, I asked know. him about the clam, the clam pie. Hold on a second, I'm getting notifications. I forgot to turn this. You're late off. for something, Chris. Yeah, no, I know. It's this podcast. I know who it is. <laughs> So, um, so I uh, asked him about clam pie, and he said, "Oh yeah, we're going to make it." I said, "With the shells," and he looks at me like I'm nuts. Like, who would put shells on? And I said, "People do here." And so anyway, he's going to he's going to make one, which will be pretty cool. He's trying to do you know mm. pretty crispy crust. Anyway, enough pizza talk. I love we pizza. have you here. Yeah, no, it's good. Always good to talk about pizza, and people tell me all the time, "Gee, you gravitate towards that." Somehow, it just happens in conversation. I don't think I'm necessarily. I don't know. Everybody it. loves it. You know, I I love eating pizza. I mean, we had crown pizza the other day for lunch, and uh, I think it was Tuesday night. I I go in to South Fork on Tuesdays and do some catch up prep work to get us ahead. How many days a week are you there? Six. Six days a week. So, what's your day off? Monday. Monday. Ish. And do you have any time with yourself? You got to myself. Kids. Not, yeah. Well, you, just, you know, I like, mean, do you ever get to just say? I, I I'm feel doing like this. no. I feel like time time to yourself, like to where I'm alone. Mm. No. Uh, I get time I to myself s- when I go to the restroom or when I take a shower. Okay. But how long is your shower? How long do you stay in there? Very quick. Really? Yeah. You don't get that much time. You know. Um, I'd like to package up my my. Uh, time that i get to myself and and bequeath it to guys like you you and just give, you, give you a day of that because i have you know i've done i've raised my kids and so now i get yeah. that but i bring that up not to talk about me but because you you just have to keep going it doesn't stop you do there's you know uh i'm really lucky to be with somebody like cynthia because she's in the industry and she understands what it takes, especially starting something new and what it takes to get it off the ground, what it takes to keep it running. She knows why I go in on Tuesday, even though we're closed, why I do it to get ahead so that the rest of my week's not super entirely crazy and why I'm trying to scale back from 17 or 16 hour days. So let's talk a little bit about that quick romance because I remember one day, one week I was talking to you and you were dating someone else who we, you know, <laughs> and and then all of a sudden God. you open con- common law, and you're telling me about this yeah, you know, it was, new person that you're dating, was, and you're having a child, and that was like 
boom, that was fast. Yeah, like 10 weeks, I think. Well, that, but but yeah. it, you fell in love, like, yeah. overnight, correct? Well, it, it was, was like, we love met, it, we love met it and then sight. We, we met, and then we talked, and then we talked some more, and uh, we really didn't know where it was going to head, you know, to be honest. Uh, we knew that there was an attraction, and we, uh, our conversation when we first met revolved around food. We talked about her mom's mole. Uh, we talked about the food that she likes to do, where she comes from in Mexico. Where does she come from? San Luis Potosi. And where's that? Uh, central Mexico, up in the mountains. Okay. How far from Mexico City? Um, I think they're about three hours. Okay. So um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's a state that's next to or very close to Oaxaca. And that, well, that's below, that's below Mexico City, I think. Yeah, it, no, that, yeah. I know. So, so how, when did anyway. she, how long has she been in the States? How uh, about seven years. Okay. So, and she, her mother met an American uh, and moved to, they got married. Uh, he was working down in, in San Luis. Uh, there's a huge industry down there. There's a big uh, car manufacturing and stuff like that that goes on down there. Which I did you know that BMW has a huge plant down there? No, but I know Volkswagen. Jetta, yeah, Jettas are pretty. So yeah, like uh, one of her best friends is uh, works for the one of the car industries. She worked for BMW as a. Uh, I didn't realize they had this, but there's interior designers for cars. That's what she does. Oh yeah, of she's course. like an expert at it. And look know? at the BMWs; they do well, a pretty damn good job. Yeah, she got into Cynthia's car and was pointing out flaws in the <laughs> the fabric and stuff. <laughs> That, but, would be, uh, that would be fun to have to get insecure about your fabric in your car. Well, they that, can look at have that to j- add uh, to the mix. It was interesting. She was like, "Hey, your car's <laughs> your car's okay." Like, oh, okay, thanks. But uh, so her mom dated and then married uh, John, who's her stepdad, and and for all intents and purposes, is her dad. He's been the most present in her life and really great guy. And he whisked her mom off to Seattle. Okay. And then Cynthia would come up with her sister to visit. And then Cynthia went to culinary school down in Mexico, in San Luis. And then I think went to, she worked in Puerto Vallarta for a little while. And then she worked at a culinary school as an instructor for a little bit. And then came up to the States, visited, went back to Mexico, met a guy, not me. Court, I think he's working for a treat at home with with the whole <laughs> Cynthia story, <laughs> and or getting out of hot water. Yeah, the, right. one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> All those sixteen-hour days. Um. Anyway, long story short, she met a guy who coincidentally was from Seattle, and then she moved up to Seattle. They were married for a brief time and divorced, and then we met. Obviously, after that was all over, and. And you, you were know, in a lot just, of transition then, right? Because you had just opened yeah, we Law and you had to be working your way through that, which was a learning experience, of course. Learning, yeah. For me, a lot of what not to do again, you know. I definitely would have done a lot of things what better. What not to do? Yeah. What did and, you, what, you know, do you yeah, 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 you know you I think, think about it. I think about it every day, what I could have done better. Oh, yeah, know? but you're, that's just, it's just part yeah. of the journey, right? At some point it will be. I think so. You look at it and you say, okay, that's why that happened. I mean, right now you're at South Fork, you're. You're happy you wouldn't be at South Fork had that not occurred, but you've got some other things to learn going forward. You're a young guy. Well, so. you know, I just read something the other day about, you know, not letting the past haunt you to really moving forward and letting those experiences uh, teach you in the future. I just saw Matt Harvey after a horrible uh, showing on the mound against the Cubs last night. I mean, this guy was the, was the Dark Knight with the right. Mets. And so one of the key things in baseball, having been a fan all the years, is pitchers. 
have to have, and they say this, he said it last night, 24 hours, I'll let it sit with me for 24 hours, and then after that, you gotta let it go. I'm, yeah. I'm on to wor- working to improve it, so I... Yeah, I mean, I think that's good. That's good for all of us. It may not be twenty four hours, but I certainly well, I have things I've been dwelling on for twenty four years. Well, I think we all do. Yeah, you know, and there's definitely things to be better at, and things to do the same. You know, some of the dishes from Common Law made it to South Fork and have done really well. You know, so I knew that we were on the right track, or that I was on the right track with the food and with Eric and Casey the owners and partners at South Fork, you know, really given me a great opportunity to come back to Portland. I really, I went out to Intel for a brief spell and was not in love with corporate dining at all. And it was really great to have the opportunity to, to come back to Portland. And, you know, I love the, the people here and the, the, the food fans and the people that really get it like yourself that understand the industry. Um, it's nice to, have an opportunity to cook for those people again. You know, it's it's meant a lot to me to really get back. And I started a foundation with a really good crew. I've got some some guys from Intel that followed me uh, over that are doing a great job. And uh, you know, I wouldn't be sitting here today really if it wasn't for uh, Eli, who's my sous chef, is uh, there right now prepping away for tonight. Where I leave and we'll go back there after I'm done here. But it's really you know we've. Every week is a better week. Every day is a better day. You know, I was thinking about it this morning on the way in, thinking about talking to you, and um, what you just said is you can just see it because everybody loves you that I know. I, you know, I talk to a mm-hmm. lot of people. There's nobody who ever says a disparaging word, and not that, I, not that I'm looking for that, but everybody's always very positive about you. You're always very positive. And, uh, you know, but what you just said about, you know, loving the people in the food community, you can feel that in your hospitality when you're somewhere. I've always, when you and I met, and this happens with a lot of people, so I get to get a feel for uh, uh, synergy. Um, You were really kind to me and right off the bat just stayed very uh, focused and uh, cordial. We did some events with Vito we yeah, we did, did great, a few. We did a we few did a couple PFAs. PFAs. Yeah, those were great. Yeah, they're they're fun to do. We're doing one at South Fork. May as well as long as we're there. Let's October twenty sixth. October twenty sixth. Yeah, looking forward to it. It's going to be, be awesome. And I we we did we already did two with Johanna in that space. We did oh, really? two PFAs at Smallwares. That was yeah. the first time we did a second. It's a great space, isn't it? I love it, and you've changed it from a red vibe to a blue vibe, which right. I really like, and still got the great bar in back. And yeah. Um, I love the disparity between how it looks in the front and how it looks in the back. That's it's it's too, you know, we, uh, Eric and Casey knocked a hole in the wall because originally it was separated, which I had been in a handful of times when Joanna was there, but I never realized. And I was always there for lunch because I never had a chance really to go in for dinner. But opening the space up between the doorway between the two spaces, I think really made, you know, it kind of pulled everything together for us. And it's great to have the fireplace and the couches, you know, and the, it's got that loungy feel. It's, it's dark. And yeah, but the, the whole thing. I'm hoping because when Smallwares closed, I, we kept hearing that it was the neighborhood, which is something that I don't understand having because I got to drive everywhere I go. Right. So the neighborhood to me is like, oh, how's the parking? Um, so uh, I am hoping that that's not an issue, that it will come around. How do you feel? How's the neighborhood accepting I feel like the neighborhood's accepting us very well. There has been a lot of, or there was a lot of request for us to open for brunch, which we've done. And it's been a little bit hit and miss. We haven't really promoted it that much. 
you know, we just kind of opened the doors one Sunday and kind of put a blast but out on Instagram. there's also a lot of competition for brunch. I mean... Around town there is, yeah. yeah. Around that strip, there's one place, you know, there's Grand That's Central, it. but nobody's doing brunch, brunch, you know, except for uh, one place down the street. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not that we're in, like, direct competition with them. We're just... I really just want to focus on what we're doing and... It should still doing be a destination. It's a beautiful place. You're you're talented, and oh, you know, I I can't reel. I haven't been there, so I can't reel off any of the dishes. I'm in that for you're Yeah, it's good. You know, we do some. There's a little bit of crossover. One of my favorite things I think that sells the most is we do a, a smoked brisket dish at dinner, and then we turn around and we shred that brisket and make it a brisket hash for Sunday brunch, and with poached eggs, a little bit of uh, creamy grits. Keep talking. He's working on getting me the, to drive the 97 miles from Manzanita on a weekend. Just that's stay when the, on a Saturday I never get night. to go for brunches because I'm usually out there. I do. I'll come with occasion. you. Oh, you we'll will? Go. I will. All right. I'll commit to it. Then when I'm free Sunday morning. I say let's put the date on the calendar right. <laughs> because it's not going to happen <laughs> if we don't do it. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Every we Sunday. We will do it. Let's I'll tell do you what, we'll, we'll be open whenever you guys No, that's a, a win, win, win. I get to, we get to come into South Fork and have brunch. I get to eat with court, which I never get to do. Don't do that and, and we all follow through on a commitment. That's, there you go. that's the other win-win-win. It's all coming together. <laughs> well, you know, and the other th- one of my other favorite things is Eli's girlfriend, Sierra, who is a cook at Jackrabbit, comes in and works Sunday brunch with us, which is great. She's uh, really great to have. He's extremely talented. He's going to go off and do something on his own one day that's going to be fantastic. I know. But having us all... Is it a you heard it here first, or have you been touting this to a lot of people for a while? No. Was he with you anywhere else? Or did, no, how you did know, you we, find you? He and I met uh, at IPNC like three or four years ago, mm-hmm. uh, right when he was starting uh, culinary school at OCI. He was uh, one of the students that helped uh, Vitaly and Ben and I out at an event. It was the Sunday Passport to Pino, and we were doing uh, some breakfast sandwiches and stuff. It was right after Imperial had opened, and we were out there uh, doing that, and Eli was one of the guys. And we made a really strong connection. Uh, he did his internship at Imperial. And then he went out and did his own thing. He uh, owns land, actually, in Hawaii, which is awesome for a young kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, his parents live out there. He's originally from Brownsville, Oregon, a local kid. Um, so this is a good lesson for those for works people hard. at OCI. Yeah, just get out there and get to events and just stage. I mean, we met, we met, you know, it was, if you want to call it networking, it was, and... Four years later, I put a email or a uh, Facebook blast out that we were looking for cooks, and Eli was the first person that responded. Cool. And the way things just kind of developed, you know, within a couple of weeks, he was a sous chef and just put his head down and just really, he's, he's I can't say enough good stuff about the kid. Good. Well, and it also means you're enjoying yourself in the kitchen, right. too, because you would yeah. not be saying that if you weren't enjoying well, you know, the, he, the relationship. He's, he's there with me during those 16, 17 hour days, yeah. you know. So we've created like, created quite the uh, quite a good bond between the two of us. You know? I would think, and yeah, there there are a lot of those bonds in the industry because you spend so much time and it's hard work, and you really have to count on each other. Everybody's got to have everybody's back. Yeah, and so you you did that with some incredible people for years. I was lucky enough to work with Vitaly for ten years. Okay, yeah. You know, just over. But Mr. But. Paley. We're that guy learn, gets a lot of... We're learning, <laughs> even though I think <laughs> Vitaly, everybody knows, most people know who Vitaly is, but... You should. you got to say Vitaly Paley on the podcast, because yeah. we can't assume that there... We have people who actually live listening yes. in Afghanistan, and other countries well, it's, wouldn't you know. look at the roster of people that have come through there, uh, have come through working with them, or just 
you know, my first three or four months at Paley's was uh, Jason Barakowski, uh, Ben Bettinger. Who was later at, uh, at Woodsman, but he Clyde was Clyde Common, also, Woodsman. But before that, he was at uh, Ripe. Or, at Ripe, right? at Gotham. Uh, Gabriel, Gotham. yeah, Gabriel. Uh, Rucker. Sorry, I'm not giving last names. Gabriel Rucker. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm name dropping here. No, it's um, it's fun. It's you know cool. Benjamin and myself and you know other Jason French went went through. Jason there. French was before me, mm-hmm. uh, just barely, and you know I started in October of two thousand four, and then uh, left in uh, December. Uh, New Year's Eve was my last day of two thousand fourteen. So right right around there. But anyway, back to brunch and stuff. So Sierra coming in. Uh, and Eli's it, that's the coolest thing. So those are the things that Gary, who works, you know, helps helps us on the podcast and how, mm. features things oh, on I the podcast. To, yeah. Those are the things that he knows. You just go to the Instagram and he, he knows who everybody is and where they're doing brunch and where they might be on Tuesday nights making drinks. It's There's so much going it's on. It's the coolest part of the Portland food yeah. scene is all the synergy between people. I didn't mean well, to interrupt you on that, but I no, just think it's, it's so we were, cool. You know, we were talking about synergy and just, you know, the the Portland community and you know, it's like the uh, having Cynthia as my fiance and my baby mama. She taught me how to make her Mexican chorizo, like the spice, then everything that goes into it. And she's very passionate about what she does. And so, one of the things we're doing is buttermilk biscuits with chorizo gravy. So it's our biscuits and gravy that we're doing on Sundays. And Sierra comes in, and she's the biscuit lady. So I've Instagrammed her a couple of times making biscuits. She's hilarious. Uh, she comes in, she puts, she's all in, you know, and it's, it's great to see somebody who comes in one day a week who just doesn't come in and give 75%, you know, she works until midnight or later the night before Jackrabbit and is there at 630 in the morning to get going. Nice. You know. Our friends at San Pellegrino would like to shine the spotlight on dining and sipping at Noble Rot. Since 2002, the Rot has educated and entertained and fed Portland. Local, national, and international media have consistently praised their style. The restaurant sources some of its bounty from a rooftop garden. And below that, you'll find one of the best views of Portland from any restaurant in the city, looking west on downtown from its perch near where Burnside meets Sandy Boulevard. Keeping things real and delicious, Noble Rot was a James Beard Award-winning semifinalist for Best Wine Program in the USA this year, in 2018, and just last year was Willamette Week's pick for Best Portland Wine Bar. A great way to compliment any dish on Noble Rot's exciting menu is with a sparkling bottle of San Pellegrino. Make sure to check out sanpellegrino.com to see where the best chefs in the world recommend you dine. And here in Portland, San Pellegrino suggests... You reserve a table soon at Noble Rock. So, um, not to put you on the spot here, but it sounds like it would be a kind of a cool idea. Since we were talking about our PFA on October 26th, mm-hmm. can we have some Cynthia influence there? Is there is there yeah. like one dish that she's put her mark on of the many that people Ooh, are going to have? Man, she's done so much stuff. The chorizo would be a great one yeah okay well you'll figure it out we're recording this uh about a, even more than a month before yeah the event so i didn't don't expect you have the, yeah. the uh, menu all worked out but at any rate so she's doing her own thing she's doing some pop-ups you're right. at south fork and how many months has it been just over three just over three and is it go is is yeah are you seeing a build are you seeing, seeing a build every week 
gets better. That's every great. Day better. And I, you know, I, we, everybody has ebbs and flows. You know, we uh, the what was I going to say? Oh, the uh, two weeks ago to the day, you know, we got broken into and had some vandalism and had to close for the day. And that and, just sucks. And it's like, like almost every day you see that it, here. You know, it's the the guy tweaker broke in and he got caught right got caught. yeah actually uh, my neighbor actually sent me a facebook post this morning the guy's being held on like three hundred and thirty two thousand dollar bond right now mm-hmm. um unfortunately he attempted to sexually assault a young lady before he broke into our bathroom and trashed everything so guys i feel worse that she had to go through that than i do about what we went through for uh, sure uh, that's absolutely. obviously way more devastating um but it sounded like he didn't get very far and ended up taking off. Uh, then he came to South Fork and... What was he looking for? I don't know. He, he had a hammer or something, but he literally took the... There's bathrooms that are upstairs that are kind of... You know, if you've been there, you see there's a courtyard. There's other mm-hmm. businesses there, and we share bathrooms. And we, if you go out through the, the bar and into the back, there are two bathrooms downstairs and two bathrooms upstairs. And he broke into the upstairs and was, took a hammer to the... Uh, bathroom and the bathroom sits over it was just vandalism he wasn't vandalism. looking to rip anything no. off everything you know it's every uh, he's what's going what is going on in someone's head know. where they have to do that i mean when it was just malicious and but the bathroom sits over the pipes part of the pipes sit over our office so the pipes Earth. leaked pretty mm. badly and you know going back to or real quick to common law the the building across the street from south fork right now is under construction by some guys from SiteWorks, and SiteWorks built uh, Pine Street Market, and they built uh, you know everything inside there, and we worked very closely at Common Law with them. And when I came to South Fork, I saw the the general and the supervisor and a bunch of the the plumber and the electrician. All of these guys worked on Common Law, and they're working in the building across the way. So the supervisor called me at eight forty five one morning or seven forty five and said, "Hey, you got water coming out your front door." And your side door and your other side door. And we hustled down and, you know, there was two inches of water in the front dining room. There was, I don't know, more than that in the bar. And the office was locked, but the pipes were right above the office. And we had two computers and our computer for our POS. So three computers in there and it ruined everything. And, and these are things, you know, restaurants are working on tight margins. So, yeah. and you don't have it in your business plan. You know the once a year vandalism out of the blue to replace computers and, and yeah, well, you know all this stuff. We quickly realized that it was going to take a day to sort everything through, and you know when I got there, water was still leaking. Huh. You know, and putting trash cans and things we could find under, trying to salvage what we could. But you know, it's a office that's you know a little bit bigger than a shoebox. Mm-hmm. To begin with, if you've been to a lot of you know restaurants, the offices. Yeah, that's you know, not going to be the. That's not where yeah, a lot you know. of the space is going to. Yeah. and you know, it just it put nine people out of work for a day. You know, and I put put my hourly cooks out for a mm-hmm. day, and you know. Well, thankfully, just a day. Yeah, could, I mean, yeah. it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, you know, with all the the other bad things that have happened around town to people. Yeah. Uh, and and the environment, the whole thing. The, yeah. Hey, ca- by the way, cataclysm. while we're at it, I just added uh, an option for the tickets to our PFA that we'll give to Trail Keepers. Okay. Um, Perfect. We'll, we'll match a donation for anybody who buys that ticket. We'll match it. So, awesome. Because I'm. That's great. I'm looking at the gorge, and uh, I you know, just want to yeah, see. I I had literally been out with. Uh, I gave Cynthia a morning off and took 
all three of the kids to Multnomah Falls and we, with me and Oliver and a kitty pack and uh, Bella and Henry, we hiked from the bottom all the way to the overlook at the top of two weeks before the fire broke out. Wow. You know, we just had an amazing time and went back the following week and uh, tooled around out in the gorge again and just had a great time. And we had another hike scheduled. My daughter and I were got really into this and it's given us a chance to, you know, get out of the house in the summertime, no TV, you know, get out. Uh, it was a really good bonding time for us. And it was something that uh, kind of a new ritual that we had started of going hiking together and then it was gone. Yeah. Well, uh, you'll be able to hike. It's just going to, Look, look a lot different. I guess. I don't know. I don't know enough about it, but I just, I think it's terrible. And, uh, you know, that and people breaking in with bathrooms. So let's get to something Fires, floods. More, more fun <laughs> and, and positive. You spent, uh, you were, you had the good fortune of uh, being on Iron Chef with yes. Vitaly and Ben um, and Amazing. winning. Yes. So do you have a favorite story from there, a favorite memory that, uh, because that to me was the premier TV food show, cooking show. Yeah. And to have won that and be the first and only, I think, to bring it back to, to Portland, to bring the, the Victor's Cup in the radish shirt That's right. back. Um, a couple of tattoos. A couple of tattoos. Oh, you got it? Where are they? Where is- I got mine. So ben, you wouldn't ben know. Ben always you, laughed at you mine. You got a nice button-down shirt buttoned right up. There's your radish. Awesome. Oh. Ben got the big one. I got the, the dainty Here, radish. Let's, let's Hold on. Hold that out again. This is going to be the uh, shot for the... <laughs> for the podcast, right? And oh my god, I hate when I pull my phone up and it's me. Mm. It's on. Oh yeah, the mode. reverse camera. Yeah, there we there's go. a shock. There we go. We got the shot this All time. Right. I didn't well, there forget. Um, yeah, what so, an incredible experience! It was a summer of preparation and man, anxiety and it. Nothing compared to like what it was like to get into the studio to see it meeting Alton Brown beating the chairman the whole crew that was in there the production behind everything is intense and getting in there and walking into kitchen stadium you know we uh got to go in to see a filming prior to us being filmed and which was our stay was pretty brief but just get kind of a lay of the land of what's going on and as i understand it they give you three possible uh ingredients So you knew, what were the other two? Do you remember what the other two possible ingredients were? And were you rooting for radish? Yes. Okay. You got what you wanted. Yeah, by far. And it was by far the hardest ingredient that they gave us, I think. And, you know, what do you do with radishes? It's like people, you slice them and put them on a salad. What's interesting is I really never, there was, there's a lot of foods that uh, before I got to Portland, I didn't spend a lot of time with. And since I've been to... Since I've been here, radishes are now something that is, when I'm at the market, at Zupan's, mm-hmm. I nice pick it. Uh, pardon me? <laughs> nice plug. Yeah. Well, at Zupan's, uh, they have different kinds of radishes, and I love bringing yeah. those home and, and slicing them up, which is something I never used to put in salads before. So, Well, and coming from here and having radishes from here and then going to New York. Yeah, well, I think that's part of it, they were too. Total, they were totally different. Right. But also they're celebrated here, just, you know, and things like this help celebrate it, right? So, well, and, you know, we figured the day we got there that we would go to the uh, Union Square Farmer's Market, see what was there, and we would kind of get a lay of the land as far as what we would potentially get, because their caveat was whatever's in season. 
So we went to the market and we didn't see one radish. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> and we, you know, they unveiled it very, you know, very quickly prior to the filming. And we were like, okay. And so that's right when I was like, okay. Describe how the battle occurs. So with Vitaly, you, and it was the three of you, right? You right, and yeah, ben, ben Benninger. And, right. And um, how, so how do you, what's the strategy? You find out it's Battle Radish. You run back to your stations. Does Vitaly's got to have complete confidence that you guys know what you're doing and that, that he doesn't have to tell you everything. You, you yeah. have your own take on what you're going to do because you have different dishes. Right. So, well, there's definitely a pregame before you get there. We had a pregame of things that we wanted to do. So we took that plan of action and we were kind of like the three-headed monster. You know, Ben went his way to do his things. I went my way and Vitaly went his and came together in the end, you know, and there were little bits of things that, you know, Ben fried some stuff for me. I chopped some stuff for him. We did some stuff for Vito, you know, so it's all. Did you kind think of, you were going to win while you were doing it? You know, in the moment, my concern was, or not concern, my, I was just focused. You know, it was just about trying to do the best I could. I knew I could do it. I had to keep telling myself, you know, you got it. You can keep going. And I had so much faith in what the two of them were going to do that I was more worried about myself, you know, whether I was going to screw it up. And Well, I know. guess that's the way it should be because you can only control you know, yourself. So I knew that I had to do the best that I could do, and I knew I could do it, but it just, you know, I had a list in my head of things that I wanted to do or my list in my head of things I knew that I needed to accomplish by a certain period of time. You know, and with that being said, you know, you hear on TV, 15 minutes have elapsed. And I was like, Jesus, I feel like I just got my apron on, man. Like, right. you know, it that's was, what I've heard from a lot of people. It's the clock. That's the problem. You know, because you're so, all very good at doing what you're doing. And you have, well, you know, you're under the gun, but not under us. Well, but people don't, I think people don't understand what it's like to go in and a food competition of this kind, whether it's chopped or, you know, Ben and I are on knife fight together. You know, it's where you go in and you cook under an hour. And by far, uh, Night Fight was probably the most fun, but Iron Chef was the most challenging and was so much, uh, I wouldn't say it was more rewarding. It was different because it was a team atmosphere. It was, you know, Night Fight's you against another guy. And knowing what, you know, after it was all over, knowing what we did. And what we were able to accomplish. I felt really great when we put the last dish down. I was like, you know, if we lose this, we, 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 we went down fighting. And I felt really good about what we did. And then... Were you competitive as a child? Were you into sports? Was that, oh, yeah. What did I you love all your with? baseball analogies. I was way into baseball. Cal Ripken's my guy. Are you still following? Yeah. Who's your team? The Orioles. Oh, right, right, right. The, the Orioles. So you're, too, you're way too young to know. I was there at 69. Oh, yeah. At Shea Stadium which is so. the greatest game. Well, not necessarily now, but the you greatest know, game in yeah. that history, that and the, the two games in 86, yeah. I suppose. I mean, I was born in Kansas City, so there's still part of me that's a Royal fan. Oh, you up, had a couple of good years there. You know, um, yeah, real surprised a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. See that happen, but then, you know. So baseball is your sport? Baseball, uh, I love basketball, NBA. Okay. You know, um, I do follow the, the Ducks, uh, football and uh basketball 
Um, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. I know Doug Adams and I are uh, solo, I think, out there. Yeah, there are probably other people. But I run into, but see, it's rare that I run into big baseball fans uh, in Portland because it's not, it should be a baseball fan. I get up and I, I, you know, I look at the standings every day and I see how we're doing and how we're not doing, what our last 10 was like. You got the, I love your play-by-play guy, Gary Thorne. And I don't know, did he leave this year? I think he might have. I think he left this year. Oh, man, he was with the Mets in 86. mm -hmm. And... I used to, I mean, when I look at I other feel, games... I, I feel bad that you're a Mets fan. It's been... Oh, you know, <laughs> we're it's gonna talk part of the misery, game. that's all. But we've no, Misery had, loves company. Yeah, I mean, we've had know. a couple of good years. But yeah. uh, with the Orioles, because of Gary Thorne, whenever I look at my MLB package and the Mets aren't on it, I just feel like having background baseball. Right. I usually put the Orioles on because I like Gary Thorne. You like listening to him. Yeah. yeah. And to me, that's the, a lot of the baseball experience. It is, yeah. It's the discussion during the game, and it's... it's we, yeah, I, went out, I used to go out with a group of friends of mine, and this was 88, 89. We'd sit in the bleachers. What was the park? It was... Uh, it was Memorial. Memorial Park, right, right. We sat in the bleachers. I think we paid a couple bucks a game for these seats. Uh, I remember uh, getting to, like, touch gloves with Dave Winfield. Mm-hmm. Um, throw in double-A batteries at uh, Jose Canseca. Oh, you did that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Should I not have said that? No, (laughs) but I think you should apply that to your experiences at South Fork for the bad customers (laughs) to sit back there and chuck AA batteries at them. I think that would be, hey, any publicity publicity is good publicity. Well, you know, we, I was never a big Jose Canseco fan. Yeah, well, there were reasons not to be, but I can't believe you were throwing batteries, man. The specific time, well, okay, so let me, hold on, let me back up. Did you have a mullet when you were doing that too? Mullet and batteries? I might have gone into the mohawk at that point, I'm not (laughs) sure. Okay, that makes more sense. But one of the guys that I went with, that we we all would go up, there was four four or five of us who used to go to these games, and he was the loudest guy that I've ever been to any kind of sporting event with. He was yelling at all the players, and we were three rows up from the right field foul ball. So he leaned down one day, and this was right when it kind of came out in the like the the media, you know, that Jose Canseco had been dating Madonna. Okay. So he leans over the fence, and he's like, "Hey, Jose, I heard you're a material kind of guy," <laughs> and he flipped us the bird. So we threw batteries back at him. And French fries. And, and I think I'm one guy curious, threw a beer. But wait a minute, that had to be premeditated. Either, either that, or you took him out of your CD. You walking around? Yeah, you walking around with <laughs> double A's in your pocket? No, no well, what, we're, what were we talking? Were we talking D's, C's, <laughs> double A? You know, double, double A's, A's, double right. A ball. Sure. Double. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what you mean when you're talking. Well, double that's A ball. why you throw double A batteries because you should go back to playing double A ball. Do you uh-huh. actually say that as you're throwing it? Pick no, this I battery just... up and see where you should be. So we got into a little bit of trouble. I think maybe that's but. your bathroom karma. Maybe that came back know. years later. Years, very, very, very <laughs> many years. Later. He's done so much good in between. Then I know that, but it's it's it was sitting out there. So hopefully it's gone. You know, but of course at the time we were like, can you believe it? He flipped us off. Yeah. Now you know. Now we got so. a president who does that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, you know, at the same time, this was a time period in the history of Washington D.C. when our mayor. Got caught uh, a with the prostitute and b smoking crack, and got a, and and got away with it. Got away with it. So well, he he eventually went to jail. Yeah, but ev- he had to but, keep going down well, that road. At the time, I remember a couple of days prior to him getting caught, he was being questioned at a press conference, and he flipped off the reporter, and somebody caught it on, you know, took a 
picture of it and got it caught. And I remember I worked on the corner of uh, M Street and Constitution Avenue downtown. And my, uh, I was walking, you know, it's like DC. So there's a bunch of like the t-shirt shops, you know, lots is souvenirs and type stuff. And I always really ignored them. I remember when I was walking by this one place and they had a big picture of Marion Barry on the front said, welcome to Washington DC. And it was a picture of him flipping you off. And I was like, perfect. So I bought the t-shirt, of course. You still have it? No, it's long gone. Now, if we could only have like baseball cards, if we could only have our t-shirt collections from college days, I have quite a few. I don't have it. Well, I wouldn't fit in them now, but they'd be nice. I do have I still have baseball cards. Tell you what I do. You really? Oh, yeah. What's the best one you have? It's got to be a couple. I've got a couple of Cal cards that are mm. old. Dude, I've got I a, had a couple of Ty Cobbs. I got a. I don't uh, have them anymore. I need to look. They're in. They've got. They're in protected. You know, plastic. Um, I think from one of my cousins, I've got an old Johnny Bench. Okay. So, but it's in a box somewhere. Best catcher that ever lived. So. And by the way, listening to him tell stories is really cool. Yeah. Johnny Bench. Um, uh, we are not talking about food baseball. I love it. <laughs> Well, yeah, the only thing is I love it too, but I think probably there, I, I know that a lot of people who listen to this podcast, the majority are not, not. baseball fans. Yeah. So, but, I, but it's interesting to me insofar as it's interesting to you because that's- I always correlate being in a kitchen to, you know, it's like being a part of a team. Right. You know, uh, I was always, you know, I played Little League, I played football, um, I wrestled for a what little while. Posi- what position did you play in football? I was a tackle. I was a guard. Um, baseball. I was third base, and I played short, and I played center field. So nice. So, do you get to throw a ball around with your kids, or are you are they into sports? Man, My kids, I, have, I no, tried. No, yeah. Not really. Um, be curious to see what you know. Henry's into Batman, superheroes mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, you know, we play around with the ball every now and then with him, but. I need to get him a glove and teach him how to th- teach him how to throw. So you know, but you would ask me about talking about him. You know, he's 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 a different kid. You know, I hate saying not different. He's just one in about two million. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, I think for those people that know me, know he's a he's a kid with special needs. He's pr- very unique individual. Um, you know, I was thinking about, uh, you had asked me about talking about him uh, prior to coming, and I was thinking about something about him as, you know, with all the challenges and everything that he faces every day, it's like, man, this kid is, in, in ways, he's just so brilliant. And the amount of things that he's taught me, I feel like, more than I've taught him. How, how old is he now? Uh, he just turned 13 last week. Uh, and so when did you first have that realization? Because... Uh, you know, I raised a son with needs too, mm-hmm. um, and there was the best when things turned around. When things went from really, really hard for both of us to when it got a little easier is when I started to realize that. When I started to look at everything through his eyes, and I realized, man, you know, w- what he's just taught me is my view of the world is not the yeah. right view of the world or the proper or the the only way the way he sees things is incredible if i just stop and pay attention to it yeah. i'll it'll open up my world too and so he's a very wh- happy at what, at what point did you have that realization because that to me i wish i had it earlier you know we we struggled when he was little and then we struggled again when he wasn't so little and there you know there are moments that are very challenging 
and struggling. Um, you know, he went through open heart surgery. He went through multiple uh, heart procedures. You know, he was at the hospital. He was at Dornbecker shoot, um, you know, twice a week or once a week, mm. you know, and, every day for a and long And not easy long. for a guy who does what you do for a living. Too. No, and I, you know, and at, at this point I had started at Paley's. Mm -hmm. My ex-wife and I, uh, he was born in Eugene and then uh, he had significant problems right out of out of the gate and we knew we were gonna have to leave Eugene they were actually at the time uh, telling us that if he if the seriousness with his heart progressed to a certain point they were gonna life flight him to Dornbecker mm. uh, so we were on a standby list and he got better slowly and was able to come home and when we left the hospital there the one of his uh, pediatrician said hey you know I know you said you're from Portland you should consider moving back and I thought about it and talked with a good friend of mine who is uh, David Hoyle who's uh, Vito just did the high on a hog dinner with him mm -hmm. uh, from creative growers um, knew Vitaly and put in a good word for me and that's how I got my job I yeah. started at Paley. So in the meantime, so, I'm in the, I'm in the most intense work environment I've ever been in and challenging with food and I'm loving it. And then I have to, you know, but he understood that and you, home. and gave you the, he was, freedom to yeah, do Vito was, to do. Vito was, you know, he's always had my back. As I've always said, I had to be self-employed to do just to be able to, to be on it. Yeah. Uh, there's no way I could have had a job and, and been involved with schools and lobbied right. and, advocated the way I did and still remain sane by the way people do it I just it's, my makeup you know, was I couldn't do it so you were working a hard job and on top of this you know and too. but you know my ex-wife has done an amazing job with raising the kids uh, and you well. two you two are still close um I wouldn't say we're close but you know we're you know the parents I mean you're on you're on run you're in page. sync yeah yeah you know and we always said to each other you know that we were a really great crisis couple you know if there's really bad stuff going on we were always really good uh, regarding that and we focused a lot on the kids and you know in the end we didn't focus a lot on ourselves and that led to the you know demise of our relationship and it happens to uh -huh. a lot of people uh, you're looking at someone who that ha who happened to me and I, uh -huh. I don't blame it all on that but yeah it, I mean I'm not there's you know my, my relationship well. before kids was a lot better than after kids that's you there's know. no two ways about that but uh, you know like you're saying you know with Henry looking at what he looks at life like, you know, looking through his eyes is pretty, uh, pretty remarkable. Mm -hmm. And how he sees things, how he takes things, how he may not understand or, you know, his understanding of a situation uh, and how he kind of processes things. You know, it's sometimes it's really slow. Sometimes it's, you know, incredibly fast for even somebody that's 13 years old. Yeah. And there's some things that are, um, some things they're just super good at. Like, you know, Austin was into superheroes too and really into po yeah. Pokemon as well. But I just wrote someone last night who had written me about something that 28 now, gainfully employed yeah, and uh, living independently, which I was told early on was never going to happen. Yeah. And so these things, you know, it's a, as I said earlier, it's a long journey. And um, Well, you know, I relate it to, you know, there was a guy that I worked for here in Portland, a chef, who told me that I wasn't ever gonna do anything. And 
that I wouldn't be a sous chef, that I was never going to be a leader in a kitchen, that I never had a vision, you know, that he doubted what I was ever going to be able to do. You know, and in correlation, I remember Henry's doctors saying, you know, that he wouldn't live to see three months old, and then it was six months old, and then it was a year, and then it was three years, you know, and he just turned 13. So, you know, out of anybody who can do anything and show you, you can do whatever you want to do, you know, man, that was, that's been a big lesson mm-hmm. for me. It's, and you, and still have a, you have a lot of, in front of you, too. Yeah. Well, he's, you know, we're, at him approaching 13, we're looking at, you know, uh, looking at life beyond now what it's, you know, his sister's getting older. She's a senior in high school and she's going to be off and doing her own thing. And Man, what, you got him at all ages. You're, yeah. You got a span. 17, going, 13, and nine months. Wow. Court, <laughs> I'm looking at you. I don't know what to re- how to respond to that. I, I I took care of that issue a little bit ago. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's. Um, I commend you. Not that's an issue. Well, yeah, well, no. Well, but this guy is in one of the hardest jobs there. Yeah. There can be, oh yeah, all of them. Under pressure, does it well, and then your job at home. I wouldn't call it a job, but you're, what you do at home, you've got, that's not easy either. No, it's um, great. I love being a dad. You mm-hmm. know, I love all of my kids independently, you know, very dearly. You know, one thing I'll say quickly about being a father with special needs is some of the attention sometimes you get is unwanted and, you know, people staring. Um, you know, Henry obviously looks a little bit different. And there are people that come up, you know, that I think that mean well, you know, and it's like I've got my daughter there and I've got my son there and they're like, oh, you have a little angel. You know, it's like, well, actually, I've got two angels, mm. you know, and the way my my daughter's seen, you know, she's an old soul, man. She is just, I can't say enough good stuff about her. She's a good kid. She takes care of her brother. You know, she's seen more than a lot of kids at her age have seen. And, and that's what Henry really wants is just to be that same angel that his sister is. That's yeah, he's so, and he, you know, when he found out that he was going to be a big brother at first, he was like, oh, you know, I wanted to be the youngest, you know, and now he's like, he'll come up and. Yeah, both. You're the, you're, uh, you got. He's so great. Like, Oliver will be absolutely screaming and he'll come up and tap you on the shoulder and be like, uh, uh, dad, the baby's screaming. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, and well, the, I'm well the, aware the, of that. The day that he starts doing something about it is, is when. He plays with them. Yeah. You know, no, he'll, 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 he'll interact with them, good. you know, so. He's ready to teach him all about Batman and Star Wars. So, I had a little Batman logo on by my front door when I was a kid. Oh, did you really? Yeah, absolutely. Batman. I loved that whole Batman thing. It was a different deal then than it was now. It was campy and stupid. Yeah, and that's what we. Oh, he loves liked. the serious, the dark. You know, he yeah. loves the the Dark Knight. I would love to continue this conversation. We just got what, into an quick? area that yeah, it went. It's an hour already. Was it really? Yeah. So when it goes quickly, um, I think that's always a good thing because it goes quickly. It's better than <laughs> better than when is this going to end? So uh, thank you so much. I know thank you, you for you having took, me in. You took uh, it was not easy for you to get time off, and you were very gracious to immediately. Well, well, thank you. Some people don't immediately agree that they can do it. They have to, but you immediately did. So you were going to make. I admit, I no I went to uh, my sous chef first, and my wife. My future wife. I call her my wife. So it's when's that happening? Intensive. We actually. Uh, she rolled over this morning. Was like, all right, dude. We, oh, you got married this morning? No. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, we got to get this planned out. So 
Good. We had a we had a plan, and then she got pregnant, and then we had Oliver, so we, everything kind of took a back seat. All right. Well, hope, so, hope it'll be joyous whenever it is, and we'll look forward will. to. Uh, You'll probably be there. You'll get invited. Oh, I haven't been invited to a wedding in a while, so I, I would. I be, maybe I'd not. Be flattered. <laughs> you, yeah, you may not want me there. I'm good. I'm, he cries. I'm, he cries at all the weddings. Yeah, so. I'm good. I take good pictures. Right. By the she's, way, she's telling me it's going to be a Mexican wedding, so lots of dancing, lots of food. There oh, that's cool. So fantastic. A whole pig in there somewhere. Well, gracias. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. 